0: back to another episode of our Overshare. Hello, I'm Gemma Atkinson and this episode is one we're all really, really excited about. It's the episode anyone who works in an office or who loves the soap opera or who adores escaping their own worries will love, right? It's all about secrets, big, big secrets that have changed everything. These stories are going to leave you gobsmacked, trust me. So whatever you're doing, get yourself to a place where you can dive into the shocking, jaw-dropping secrets. Now, as always, I have to warn you, it's not for young ears in case they're lurking about. Put them away, put them in another room. We're joined on this cliffhanger episode with Abby again. Abby Blaze, she's back, she's fabulous. And together, we're going to find out the repercussions... having such a huge secret the burden the pressure the shock that surrounded it so strap yourselves in there is definitely high drama on the way coming up in this episode of the overshare and it was
1: a very beautifully written love letter to my sister from my husband it turns out that my brother has a 30 year old daughter. I don't
2: think he was banking on Amy contacting the family who I hadn't met at this point, and also being in touch with the other women and us actually working together and supporting each other to work out what had actually been going on.
1: A massive secret that changed everything. This feels like therapy for me, I thank you. Uh My friend said, don't do it, don't do it. I thought, you know what, I need this release. There we go, I can see you. Brilliant. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry about the weird background. I'm in my
0: shed. <laughs> or oh, in your shed. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good podcast, Matt, From a shed. The cast. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, welcome to The Overshare. Thank you for joining us. Now, I think your story is going to leave everyone gobsmacked because you discovered something that it, it changed your life forever, didn't it? What happened? Tell us so it's
1: it's a really odd one and it's going back a few years but when i was um much younger i was married and back then everybody had the same sorts of phones you didn't have to do all this fancy looking at it to unlock it or putting your finger on it It just literally was the button and it uh, unlocked so my husband and i had the same phone and we were out on a family gathering uh, my mom my stepdad my sister and her family and, and me and my husband and i picked up a phone thinking it was mine and locked it and it opened on the draft messages of texts and it was a very beautifully written love letter to my sister from my husband that he hadn't had the guts to actually send but he had spent time writing it
0: oh my goodness <laughs> so what a love letter as in him declaring his love for her or something yeah. they weren't having an affair were they
1: no, my sister I mean, I launched the phone at his head. I'm not gonna lie. He launched the phone at his head. The world span like it does in the movies in dramatic fashion. And I walked off. My sister didn't have a clue, no idea whatsoever, that he he was in love with her. And it was about how he loved every hair on her head, he would never harm her. And that he knew that if he if he told her and everybody found out, it would be like catastrophic for the family and everything. Um, but my sister was clueless. I am very close to my sister, and I have a lot of trust with her. It didn't damage my relationship with her at all. She's very happily married still. They've got family. She, the only th- thing she felt about my husband was that it's my baby sister's husband. So yeah, it, and it, it felt like the worst thing in the world at the time. It, it completely changed my life. Obviously, the marriage broke down. It was a massive secret that changed everything. I
0: bet. And how, how was your marriage b- before you found this text? Did you have any inclination anything was wrong? Was he distant or was everything, in your opinion, fine? Everything was
1: as it had always been. He was quite a controlling person. So I didn't have, outside of my family, I didn't really have anybody but him because if I tried to see friends, he'd get very jealous about it. Um, And at the time, I thought, oh, my God, I must be doing something wrong. I must be flirting without realising I'm flirting. Um, But now, kind of, years on, I, and with experience and knowledge of other things,
0: he was projecting his own guilt onto me. Is that a common trait for people who are quite controlling? Because he's obviously trying to control the family narrative as well. Mm. Maybe seeing how the sister would react, maybe, do you know what I mean, fishing. It's kind of like... He was maybe thinking, oh, I could test the water maybe and see see what other angles to go down. But the fact that he was doing that and thinking that, but keeping Laura away from her friends, that's a, a red flag, isn't it? Huge red flag, yeah. And sometimes when you're in
3: it, you just don't see it at the time. It's like you look back and you go, oh, actually, there was, a, you know, when I think about that relationship, it probably wasn't that healthy. But when you're in it, all you're doing is getting on with it and you're not even necessarily noticing that this is even going on. So I do really feel like so like it's so awful that you had to go through that, Laura.
1: My world did completely fall apart. I did fall out with my family for a little bit because they adored him. He was like the son my mum had never had. He actually went and stayed with her for a while after we broke up until he found somewhere else to go. Oh, my gosh. Um, But then... We were very close so it didn't last and we had a big chat and, and my family and I, you know, moved on from it Um, and he got kicked out and I wish I could talk to myself back then and say, run, run for your life. Oh, we all do. We
0: do all. Everyone, yeah, everyone has that conversation. <laughs> Would it have been any different had you sent the text?
1: I honestly don't know. I mean, it probably would have caused even more drama because then there would have been the awkwardness of my sister having to say, and I, and I hundred percent believe she would have told me or told my mom, so my mom would tell me that this had happened. I don't know. I think it would have just caused even more drama. I'm kind of glad I found out the way I did because it was just that shock instant shock instant reaction and and almost done as it were to so say there were ripples of repercussions in terms of falling out with my family for a little bit but ultimately it, it ended it did he just hold his hands up he actually just got up and walked away in silence and then Later that day, I got a call from his mum and stepdad saying, oh, could you come to ours with your mum and stepdad? We all need to have a chat. He's been very silly. This was like, you know, he's in his early 30s. He's not a teenager. He hasn't been very silly. He has catastrophically messed up. And the ironic thing is, afterwards, he was like, oh, when I said, I don't understand. I don't understand how this has happened and, and why you've done this What you know how it's come to this and he was like oh i just wish you were more like her I like, That's hard. trying to blame me as though i'd done something but the irony was i was more i was more the way i was because he would made me that way like I say i wasn't particularly sociable anymore because I, I didn't feel like i could i just i was home i was home i didn't do very much because he didn't want me to do very much which was like uh, the opposite to my
3: sister because that's what he wanted It's gaslighting, isn't it? Yes. Get someone to act a certain way and then go, oh, why are you acting like that? And punish them
0: for it. And punish
3: them, blame them, shifting, instead of taking accountability, let's blame the person that's like completely innocent in this. And I suspect that with someone like that, they would, no matter how you behaved and how you were, they would always want something different and that you would not be able to do right by that person?
1: One time I saw him about a year later, um, and I was filling up my car with petrol, and I was just waiting in the queue to, to um, pay. So I had my phone in my hand, and he was like, oh, new phone what has it got to do with you?
0: And guess new phone, new number two, because you're never contacting me again. Do you know what? Good for you, Laura, for getting out of that, because I'm sure there would be a lot of people who are in similar situations who haven't, um, you know, haven't got the strength to, to get up and leave yet. And I'm glad that it's not affected your relationship with your sister, and that your family's back on track and that you found someone who who treats you as you should be treated.
1: I definitely appreciate the relationship I'm in now because he is really supportive. I wanted to go and finish my degree and he was like, no, we're going to have a family. Whereas my partner is like, stop talking about it, just sign up, do it. And I actually graduated last year from from my
0: degree. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. That's what you want, someone who supports you and shares it with you. Absolutely. Oh, fabulous, Laura. Well, good for you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. (laughs) Welcome to The Overshare, Rachel. And you were quite young, I believe, when you found something really shocking about your own dad. Walk us through the story, Rach. What happened? How did this secret come out? What was it?
4: um 19 working in the local pub as you know a teenager etc parents have been split for a few years and it was like i was you know working a childhood person who had worked, you know who grew up with now he said oh how's your sister how's your sister and i said what sister i've only got my brother and he said oh you know your sister she's in london with your dad she's broken a leg i'm like no idea and then a few weeks later my dad obviously comes back to the area And I said to him, I said, "So what you got to tell me?" And he went, "I thought you know." So he had a
0: whole, a whole other family.
4: He he did what he did when I was only about two years old. They split up, got back together. Thought everything was monkey dory, and then when I was about fourteen, obviously the parents did split. Thought nothing of it. Me and my brother going down probably every month to obviously where he lived. So we already knew that about the step siblings. The you know the other wife's family. But then it all just came about that the woman he had the affair with initially when I was tiny, he'd had four kids in between me and my brother.
0: Oh my goodness, with different women?
4: No, it was all one woman, so we had two families parallel. So it's like, he used to work away, so it used to be like, come back to us say, weekends, didn't see
0: him in the week because he was working. I don't know. It's like well, it is. It's a double life. Imagine the expense of that. So, so was your mum unaware as well? It wasn't a secret that your mum kept she was from you. Completely
4: oblivious. Like she was working. Hats off to my mum because she is incredible. Like we had major difficulties growing up, but when you become a mum yourself, you respect and you understand. You like,
0: you question things. It's like, oh, how on earth didn't she know? When you're in a situation, sometimes you don't, you don't realize anything. That's going on because you're just so involved. Like, obviously, Mm. if you've got kids and you know, your priority becomes the kids, you don't necessarily pay attention all the time. Why would you do that to a woman who could have
4: lived her life a lot sooner? Did your dad express
3: remorse at any point?
4: Oh, God, no. Don't get me wrong. He's an incredible man. Like, he's never, and I will say this to him, he's never once abandoned any of the children. He goes above and beyond financially. When I have spoken to them prior, it was, they went, no, he was there for schools. He was more of the primary parent for them. Whereas for me, it was my mum did all the school. My mum did all the parents evening. My mum was at home, like
0: working, looking after us, going through, you know, the teenage years. Do you kind of feel like you've obviously missed out on that time because the other family you were unaware of were getting it? I'm jealous, if that makes sense, because me and my mum argued like cat and dog and I was
4: very much a daddy scale. And I thought, how dare you now ruin what I thought
0: was not a bad childhood. But that's a normal reaction, isn't it, Abby? I'm assuming if you found out your dad had a whole other family, other children, he was... Not necessarily prioritising, but spending time with and birthdays and mm. doing all the stuff that you assume is only for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. like, like Rachel said, her, she's the princess in her dad's eyes. A jealousy is a normal reaction, I'm assuming, for that. Completely normal reaction. I mean, it's, it's such a
3: tough one for you to go through
0: that. And I imagine, I can only
3: imagine, because I've, obviously I've not been through that same thing, but it's kind of like a rejection, isn't it? Like a feeling of, you chose someone else over me. And rejection is one of the strongest, most painful feelings that a person can feel. So to feel like on any level rejected by a parent, and although your dad didn't, we know your dad didn't reject you, but in a sense, he took his time, his resources somewhere else. It makes sense that that would be extremely painful for you.
4: Yeah, the biggest thing was when like, obviously, I knew he'd gotten married, which we weren't, we weren't invited to the wedding. And the excuse was at the time, it was, oh, your mum wouldn't let you come. When I, when we did go down to his house and I saw the wedding photos all of a sudden for the first time and there was these little kids set and I went, who were they? And he went, they're your brothers and sisters. And don't get me wrong, I smashed them up and at the time I felt fantastic. I'm not going to lie to you. I just, I <laughs> know <Yeah, laughs> it sounds horrible, but I'm like... No, it's still release, this? isn't it? That's when it became real. I met them two days, the first time I met them was two days prior to my granddad's funeral and he's like right they're coming to the funeral you've got to meet them i'm like
3: what the hell yeah like <laughs> so now it's, of all like, times a lot isn't it it's <laughs> play yeah, when you you
4: they seemed nice enough the one girl no offense we clash and i like, we can't be related but then it's just, <laughs> you know seriously i was thinking we can't she goes i'm daddy's princess i'm like no that's
0: my role one of my friends, um, yeah. he's, he's, he's passed away now, the dad, um, but we it was they were our next door neighbours, his kids. And we found out when his daughter was around 19 that he had another yeah. family uh, in another country. And it was in another country, so there was never any, you know, we didn't hear from them at all. And it was only at his funeral recently when they found out in a will he'd left quite a lot to them mm. as well. Mm. and uh, my friend his daughter over here she was kind of expecting obviously it's the last thing on your mind when someone passes but she was expecting a little bit more than what she'd got but then she realised it had to go to this other family so Mm. to speak and he'd kept that quiet from his wife well for, for at least 17 years and he used to nip out of the country for work every now and again and that's where he'd had this whole other family and uh they ended up meeting eventually, and she was the same as you. She said, it's not that they're a bad person. She said, but I'm, I ain't going to miss what I never had. She says, and I had my childhood with my memories, and I don't need to make new memories with someone who is essentially a stranger, apart from a blood bond that I don't, there's no kind of emotional bond there. And she said, obviously, it's a dad's fault, it's not hers. But she didn't want it. it wasn't her responsibility now to build that emotional bond It should have been there from the beginning it wasn't, and that's like, that's okay, it's, it's done. People say, oh, you're bitter,
4: you hate the children. I'm like, I don't hate. The past is too painful. The current conflict is. My little boy, he's an incredible footballer. You know, he's my world. But yet, yeah, his dad, because I share 50-50, um, he lives 10 minutes away from his cousins. And my dad's always up there. And I'm like, come on, dad, just pop over. You know, my little one would love to see you, etc. And he's going, no, no, I'm too busy. And then you find out, Oh, he's gone up here. He's done this. I don't know. And it makes you feel rubbish about yourself. Like mm-hmm. what have
3: they got that you don't have? A good way of shifting it is to think more about, it's more of a reflection of your dad than you, what's going on. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, cause I don't know your dad um, and I don't know he's really the ins man. and I the outs. I'm sure he's fabulous, but you know, if, if you've got a child saying, I want to see you and I want to spend time with you and you're saying no. I mean, I can't imagine what anyone could have done to, to produce that rejection and I very much doubt it's it's you.
4: You need them there as an adult
0: and it's just like, oh no I'm busy I get you work full time but do you though that's the thing you're busy you're still there to make yeah. time I can't thank you enough for each for coming on and sharing your story and I'm sure you probably don't feel like it now but you're probably helping a lot of families because like I mean I've, I've got that personal story myself with my my friend's dad yeah. there'll be so many families in the similar situation to you and I think the fact that you've got your son and you, you're still cracking on I, I think that's great <laughs>
4: This feels like therapy for me. I thank you. Oh. My friend said, "Don't do it. Don't do it." I thought, "You know what?
0: I need this release." You'll be absolutely fine. You keep going for your uh, for your little lad, Rach. So welcome to The Overshare. Our next guest is Karen and we had loads and loads of stories about secrets that all came out thanks to social media. That's the thing. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Mm. And Karen, I believe you found out a huge secret via Instagram, didn't you? What happened?
2: Basically, my now ex-boyfriend I met on Bumble about four years ago, so back in 2019 and was all started really well, you know, kind of normal, natural, easy relationship. And um, several months later, I was connected with someone on Instagram, they started following me, and I looked to see who it was. And the first post that I saw that had recently been put up was a picture of her and my boyfriend. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, it was sort of um, a lot of backwards and forwards. But basically, he'd been spinning a lot of lies to me, um, and to her and his family, but quite serious lies. So um At the time I didn't realize what was happening until later on but we'd been away on holiday to um, his friend's villa with his best friends and when I got back my mum had been waiting to tell the family that she'd just been diagnosed with breast cancer Mm -hmm. um, which was obviously quite a shock Um, and luckily it had been caught early and she made a full recovery and was fine but nine days after her surgery he rang me crying one morning to tell me that a friend of his had just been diagnosed with blood cancer And because I was going through it, I was obviously very um, sympathetic to his situation. And strangely enough, about a couple of weeks before that, I'd met someone who was involved with the blood cancer charity and had been through it. So I knew a little bit about it because it's a type of cancer that not many people know too much about. And so I'd asked him what type of cancer she what type of blood cancer she had. And he said that um, she didn't know yet because she was waiting on test results. And at the time, I thought that was slightly strange because I'm sure you don't get told you have blood cancer if you don't know what type it is. No. Um, but I didn't push him because he was really, really upset. Um, so that seemed a little bit a little bit strange to me. Um, and there were maybe a few other pieces here and there, but they were just like those micro moments of self-doubt, like not enough hard evidence or or anything really tangible to make you think something's not right. Um, but I think I started to get the gist of this probably wasn't the relationship for me and then things started to go a little bit weird around Christmas and i was sort of just trying to get through that let's just get Christmas over and done with and then let's have a conversation about it in January and some of his behavior was a little bit strange when this sort of all came out he basically said that this other woman was he wasn't having a relationship with her had split up and that she had basically threatened to kill herself if she wasn't in his life anymore. So I was quite confused, you know, not sure whether this was the truth or not. And I basically reached out to his sister-in-law to say, look, I'm stepping away from this situation, but I just want someone to check in on him because I think this is not quite right. Something's going on here. And then she told me that they'd also been noticing strange behaviours. And at Christmas, he had told the family that a friend of his had tried to commit suicide. So he needed to go and visit them in hospital and wouldn't be with the family at Christmas. So fast forward a couple of days and I look at my LinkedIn and I can see that this woman and another woman who's connected to her have looked at my LinkedIn. So I then knew who the friend was and I decided to contact the friend rather than go direct to the other woman because I'm thinking that she's potentially vulnerable and this is not going to go well. Um, and it transpired that he had been spinning the same cancer story to this other woman, but for a lot longer.
0: Well, first of all, you've dodged a bullet. Have you, have you spoke to him since you broke no, up No, so I... Um, he messaged me
2: sort of the day... we. so we met and we spoke, as I said, and he kind of told me this story about this woman who said she was going to kill herself if he wasn't in her life anymore, so he'd been secretly seeing her but as a friend. Um, and I just said after a few days after I'd kind of found out a little bit of the background I just sent him a text message kind of telling him what I thought and then that was it I never spoke to him again after that and he never tried to contact me after that there was never an apology or anything and I was quite happy to never speak to him again he sort of tried to pit myself and this other woman against each other maybe it was make us fearful of each other I don't think he was banking on Amy contacting the family who I hadn't met at this point And also being in touch with the other women and us actually working together and supporting each other to work out what had actually been going on. And maybe there's many situations where that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, because they always, always, a lot of the women, they kind of, like you say, turn on each other. My ex was cheating on me and I found out on Instagram. Uh, A lovely lady DM'd me on Instagram when we were on holiday because I'd put a picture of a sunset on my grid and he'd stupidly put it as his WhatsApp profile picture. And he, he told her he was in Florida with the lads and he was in the Bahamas and we had no idea about each other. And he it was the same in that she was so polite with me and I was so polite with her because ultimately we didn't do anything wrong. We just both kind of were swept off our feet at the time by someone who we thought was wonderful. But it turned out he was a narcissist and a liar and just a really crappy person. It must be exhausting to be that much of a liar.
3: But the thing with the sociopath is they don't have that... Um Feeling of guilt that most people would have in keeping a secret. Like most of oh, us, really? if we have a secret or we lie about something, we feel remorseful. It might feel shame, guilt. We have lots of feelings around it. If someone is a sociopath, then they won't have that, so they won't actually care,
0: right? So if you're having an argument with them, so to speak, you could be in floods of tears, so angry, and they'd just be like, "Yeah, no, re- no yeah. emotion at all," which makes it harder to deal with in a way. I think Karen, because you. In some ways, you kind of not blame yourself because it's not your fault, but you kind of feel in my for me when I was going through it, I didn't feel very important to him because he was showing no emotion to me going I was threatening to leave and this and that he was just like all right then. I think he was the emotional one in our
2: case because his um, behaviors would change. they'd flip 180. so he used sort of tears and crying and you know playing the victim quite a lot in a lot of his scenarios. yeah um, to get sympathy and sort of divert the blame. And then he also, one of the classic things that I learned is that they try to ruin the other person to salvage their reputation.
0: And has it affected your relationships moving forward when it comes to like trusting people? Or do you feel like you've now got a finer eye for looking for the uh, the mask slipping?
2: Um, I don't think I'd ever want to... Go into a relationship assuming that everyone is is a sociopath I think I would be more um, cautious now and maybe know some of the signs to look for um, but yeah I think it definitely sort of you know I don't think you'd be human if it had no effect on you.
3: Kudos to you though for being able to spot all of that stuff because when you're in the very beginning stages of a relationship we can become a bit blind to someone else's faults so you must be pretty intelligent and grounded to have spotted all of that stuff. I
0: think I'm a Scorpio like you, Gemma. So. I oh, so we're really detectives work. anyway, aren't we? We <laughs> yeah. are. And, are we uh, generally quite intuitive. Yeah, I think the, the the perfect job for a Scorpio, they say, is um, a detective. Oh, really? Yeah, because we just, oh, we, it's just instinct, like you say. You you just trust. You kind of know when things are not right and things are. Um, and rather than question it, you say, right, I'm just going to and, go and try and figure it out, <laughs> put the FBI cap on and get the job done, um, which is what you did. Thank you so much, Karen. Enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Thank you. Take care. Thanks
0: Bye. a lot. Cheers. Tanya joins us now on the Overshare. Tanya, you found out something about your brother, I believe. What's the story? Um, yeah, my
5: brother is um, quite a bit older than me. Um, so he was he was a bit of a hero. He was, he was in his 40s before he had a child, by which point I'd already been a mum for nine and a half, ten years. That was several years ago. Um, since then my, our parents have both passed away and sort of a bit of curiosity, a bit of feeling lost. I did, um, one of the DNA tests, not expecting to find anything. Two or three years have passed. And then I got a message last year from someone saying, I think you're my auntie. It turns out that my brother has a 30 year old daughter. What's up? it's been kept quiet for 30 years. I then thought he didn't know. Hmm. And I found out the day before him and his family were due to fly on holiday. And so I can't give him this news and then say, enjoy your holiday. So I spoke to our younger sister, spoke to my adult daughter, and we were like, "What, what do we do? Waited for him to come back from holiday. Sent a message saying, it's nothing dreadful, but ring me when you're on your own. And it was a bit of a strange reaction, but I sort of thought it was shock. He sort of basically said, want nothing to do with her. Don't want the child that he's got at home now. Don't want them knowing. But then since speaking to this new niece,
0: we've learnt that he knew about her all along. So he's known about her, but he's had no he's had no inclusion he w- in her life. He's had no He's wanted nothing to do with her right from birth. So I'm assuming that the woman who he had the child with, was it an affair or was it just a one night stand thing? It was not particularly serious from what I can gather. He'd been in a
5: long term relationship. Um, Then he'd seen this girl sort of on and off for a bit. And then he'd moved sort of closer to where our parents were.
0: I wonder what it is that makes him not want anything to do with them. I mean, it's not her fault, is it? Are you in contact with her still? Obviously, you. are
5: Yeah, yeah. Me and my sister. Um, she's she's overseas at the moment, but she's she's going to be coming back. You're still keeping this secret. On his behalf. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> we have a mutual friend whose nephew is married to my niece's friend.
0: Oh, so it's all interlinked anyway.
5: Yeah, but obviously this has all come out in the last few months. So yeah, there's another friend that knows.
0: So it's going to come out, isn't it? It's it's gonna yeah. at mm. some point it's going to come out. I'm assuming the question she's going to bring to you is, "Can I meet my dad?"
5: We did explain. We "I said, look, I've told him this is his decision." She said, "It's a shame, but for now she's sort of accepting it is what it is, and we're giving her as much sort of." Parents, grandparents, information as we can, because she said oh, there's there's half a family that I just don't know about. But,
0: but he doesn't know. Obviously, you're doing any of this.
5: He knows we're in contact, but that's it.
0: Has, has your op- opinion or relationship changed with him since finding this out? Do you feel like you, you wished what? it had confided in you a little bit?
5: I get that. Obviously, I was I was quite a bit younger. But you sort of think there's there's been plenty of years you could have said something. As a kid, he he was he was my first hero can't believe when he's seen me as a single mum, he's seen other family members as single mums and he's left her. I don't think as as highly of him now as I did.
3: I do think, you know, people should take responsibility for past
0: behaviours and actions. Well, you created a life... I mean, they always say you can't you choose your friends, but you can't choose your family, can no, you? No, you no. Know I, I mean, mean, I was
5: I was holding out for sort of a couple of billionaires. And
0: your niece seems quite nice. Oh but well, was... Tanya, thank you so much for sharing. I hope um, for your niece's sake, I hope he, he does change his mind. It's a shame that the around walking about and just not not willing to connect. But I hope for her sake, he does. And, and kudos to you for for being the bridge. It must be a difficult situation to be in, but you seem to be doing all right with it.
5: Yeah, I'm lucky because me and my sister, we were close as kids. As we've grown up, we've accepted we've got differences, but the two of us, we're sort of a bit of a tag team, and we're sort of we're building that relationship with the niece.
0: It's because as well, if you're a parent yourself, you know you know it's it's the nurture inside of you. It comes out regardless because you understand you won't want it for your kids. So. You know why would you let someone else go through it when you can be in a position to help just a little bit? So keep going with it. And fingers crossed he has a U-turn. Mm. Fingers crossed. Wow. Well, what an episode that was. Crikey. I think we've all learned that one thing all these secrets have in common is they've all been ticking time bombs like for so many years but all at some point have gone off and you know what it's going to come out that's the thing with secrets They, they do eventually come out um, thank you to all our guests. Thank you for daring to appear on this, this episode. I know it's been difficult. Uh, this podcast would be nothing without you guys and you've made it a compelling listen for all of us. So thank you so much for coming on. As always, we would love your comments and we always love your stories. So you can get us on the WhatsApp on 07761 039 or you can email us on the overshare at bowermedia.co.uk. Thank you again to Abby. You've been fabulous. And uh, The Overshare, as always, was produced by Matt Foister for Bauer Media. You can now return to your own lives after that glorious, distracting drama we've all just been part of. Wow.